Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm Nate. We are here with Jimbo. How we doing? How we doing? And we are ready to do a little bit different. Something a little bit different here. So we've got some segments. So usually we're just like one thing, talk about it, done. But we're going to try to segment the podcast out a little bit nowadays. Um, and have things that you can expect to come to. It will take a little bit to get used to it and get a get a rhythm for us and for you guys. But hopefully we start now. And by the time a couple months rolls around, we'll be just in a groove and segments. And you can expect this segment on this week and this segment on this week and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. for this week, we've got four segments. Rookie of the Week. Self-explanatory. What was that, Jimbo? Rookie of the week. You got to love it. Got to love it. So that's self-explanatory. Prospect of the week, which I think we are going to call around the corner. little play on dinging corners. Around the corner, obviously, being not up in the majors yet. Prospect of the week. So I think we'll call that around the corner. Baseball news this week. There's a couple interesting things that have happened that we should talk about. And then... Introducing the mailbag. So we will have a mailbag that we will try to grab a couple questions from every single podcast. And we'll figure out how to get those sent in. Maybe we'll put out stories where you can enter your questions. Or always, you can always DM us. We'll be introducing that. And we've got a question that we accidentally asked ourselves before recording that we'll be answering today during that mailbag section. So that's what we have going on. A little four-part segment episode today i hope you guys enjoy the idea of segments i think it will keep us a little bit more on task uh especially like i really enjoyed last week but we didn't even cover any of the things we were planning on covering last week because we got off task even though i think it was a wonderful episode i agree last week was probably my favorite one out of all of them besides this one of course (laughs) jimbo's jimbo's favorite episode is always the next one it is i just get so excited i don't know can't help it. I like it. Well, I guess then let's start off with our first segment, Rookie of the Week. And who else could we talk about than Reed Detmers? Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. You got to love stuff like that. You really do. Uh, 22 years old, for those of you that weren't paying attention on Monday night. Is today Wednesday? No. Tuesday night? Tuesday night. Today's Thursday. Um, For those of you that weren't paying attention on Tuesday night, probably because you went to bed like me, (laughs) Reed Detmers, 22-year-old rookie for the Angels, throws a no-hitter. First one of the season. First non-combined no-hitter of the season, I believe. First real real no-hitter. Yeah. First real no-hitter. Now, obviously... This was a very, very interesting. This was very interesting from the fact that he's a 22-year-old rookie throwing a no-hitter. It's even more interesting when you dive into a couple of these stats. So in his career, and I wrote these out for a Slab Stocks post the other day. In his career, he pitched in 10 games before this no-hitter. He averaged under five innings a start. He had one start that went six innings. He had one start that won 1.2 innings. And he's averaged under five innings a start. I think he's averaged like four and a third inning, which is pretty crazy to go from averaging four and a third to going the whole nine. 
He's also had a career ERA of 6.28 and has given up at least a run every start and was averaging giving up three runs per start. Now, obviously, three runs per start and a 6.28 ERA are not the same. Um, That would be, you know, because it's not the same amount of innings. So don't get that confused. So, like, all signs were pointing to Reed Detmers being a little bit disappointing of a former top 100 prospect to start his career. More of like a fourth or fifth starter than a what you would hope a number 10 overall pick becomes, like the Angels did when they drafted him out of the University of Louisville with the 10th overall pick. Oh, real quick question, Jimbo. Do you hate the University of Louisville because you're a Cincinnati Bearcats fan? I don't hate anyone, dude. I don't hate anyone or anything. All right, there you go. Jimbo says hate is a strong word, and uh, he just intensely dislikes Louisville. Not even. I don't mind. (laughs) Jimbo refuses to let me put words into his mouth. I like it. (laughs) So, so pretty incredible that this 22-year-old rookie that's been struggling to eat innings and been struggling to limit runs goes into this game against a very good Rays team goes nine innings, no hits, gets the win, gets the no-hitter, gets the shutout, and he did all that with two strikeouts. I love it. Sanity. Honestly, I was watching the game live, and um, it was honestly – I love I love good pitching like that where you don't necessarily need to have a ton of strikeouts. Like, he was legit pitching. Like a true figuring it out, getting ground balls. He had 11 ground balls, if I remember right. And just he he was he looked great out there. And, um, you know, the, the thing that's more impressive, this wasn't based the Tigers or the A's where, you know, a struggling offense. This was based the Rays. The Rays are known for, you know, ba- uh, for battling at bats, for for putting balls in play, for not striking out for all that. And he put like he put this together face a team like that is very very impressive i would agree i would agree i uh it's rare today's day and age where you get these guys that are always they're trying to strike out everyone and even guys like eric lauer you know a soft throwing a pitcher from the padres gets traded to the brewers add some velocity starting to strike out everyone like nobody would have seen that coming and then you got a guy like Reed, 22 years old. You'd think he'd want to be striking everyone out. Has a nasty curveball, great command. And then he used that nasty curveball, that great command, and a slight uptick in velocity to just mess with hitters and get their timing off. Didn't have to strike them out. Just get them to ground out, get them to pop up. 15, 15 of his 27 outs were ground outs, pop outs, or strikeouts. Yeah. And – and honestly, this like this is a great example of you know I, I always stress I test I test I test. Reed Detmers is one of those guys where if you watch the any of the games he's pitched in, uh, you know before this one, and you know obviously his his numbers don't look the best before before this game, um, but if you watched him, he looked a, a lot better than what his numbers were saying. And honestly, if you look at how the the Angels, like here, there's so many factors where there's some teams that don't call up their top talents right away. They want to leave them in the minors. But I think the Angels were in a position where, you know, they want to compete, but, you know, they're kind of in that fringe where, you know, they don't they didn't have the pitching like they that like they wanted. 
Now they went out and grabbed some nice, like some nice starting pitching this year, uh, this off season, but they brought him up last year. And I think they were like, Hey, you're going to, you know, you still need to, you need to learn how to, to pitch and all this, but we're going to let you do it in the majors. Cause why not? What's there to lose? Let's do it. And I think if he was on another team, he would still be in the minors figuring it out because he really was not in the minors very long. And he's, he's 22 years old. That's crazy. Yeah. Especially for pitching. You'll see 22 year old hitters all the time, but pitching is a whole nother beast. These guys do not get called up at 22 years old all that often, especially getting drafted out of college. Uh, that's, that's pretty rare. So very, very impressive start from him. One of those things where like, if you're a ground ball pitcher who can limit hard contact, you'll have a long, long career in this league. You look at a guy, and I bring up Brewers all the time, Adrian Hauser. Not a big strikeout guy. Throws 95, has a nice two-seam. But just ground ball percentages through the roof. Insane. And that's the type of guy that he's going to have a very long career as a back-end starter. He'll have a few years. Last year, his ERA, if you looked at ERA, would have said, hey, that's a mid-rotation starter. I think he had like a three 320, 330 ERA as our fifth starter. And yet, and yet, you know, you're not going to expect that every year, but you know that when he goes out there, he's going to be pretty good, albeit his last start got rocked against the Reds, a terrible team. But he's going to be pretty good, and he's able to limit hard contact. He doesn't get a ton of strikeouts, but he gets a ton of ground balls, and limiting that hard contact will always play. Mm -hmm. And if Reed just keeps this up, Limits hard contact, gets a ton of ground balls. He doesn't need the strikeouts. He will have a job for a very long time. Will he be any better than a fourth or fifth starter? Probably not. But will he be able to take the ball every five days, eat up some innings, and give you decent results? Yes. See, see, I think he, I think he is much better than a fourth or fifth uh, starter. You know, rotation. Well, I don't think I don't think you can be an ace unless you're getting strikeouts. That's the problem. But here's the thing, though. Like, I think he's still – I don't think that's his – that's not his goal right now. I think it's learning how to pitch. And here's another huge factor for young guys, for young pitchers, and especially in the beginning of the year, and especially this year with the shortened spring training. If you look at how many pitches he threw in some of the games before, like he, his first game, 75, 65, 70, 88, and 78. And then uh, his no-hitter, he threw 108. Yeah. Um, obviously there was some where he probably, you know, I didn't, I can't remember exactly for each game, but he might've been pulled out for situational, uh, reasons, but as the season goes on, they're going to let him go deeper and deeper. I'm going to combat that just a little bit. And I agree, you know, you, you see pitchers and they start the season, 80 pitches, 85 pitches, 90 pitches. Maybe they get to hundred pitches by their fourth or fifth start, but for those first couple, they're not touching a hundred unless you're like a 37 year old Max Scherzer, then maybe you are right. <laughs> but you, you brought up the point. He is 22. He's barely pitched in the minors. These teams don't like to add a ton of innings to these arms. Like if you threw 120 innings last year, they're not going to have you throw 170 innings this year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I do wonder if this is something that's going to be happening all year because they're going to want if he's in the starting rotation to start the year, they're probably going to want him to be in the rotation at the end of the year. And if he keeps up 30 some 
if he does 33 starts, 34 starts at five innings a start, you know, you're past the amount of innings he would probably have to pitch. And they're going to be a playoff team, I would guess, unless there's a ton of injuries. And so for me, I wouldn't be shocked if they do, in fact, limit him for for the entire season just to keep him healthy so that they're not drastically up shooting his innings mark and his yeah. pitching mark. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I'm think I guess I'm thinking more long term. Like I could see this guy developing into, you know, something special for him long term for this year. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 to be fair, obviously what he is now does not guarantee what he is later because I brought up Eric Lauer earlier. Eric Lauer is a strikeout machine nowadays. Nobody would have seen that happening two years ago. So these guys can change just as it stands right now fourth or fifth starter it can it can it, it, he can definitely take steps forward yeah he'll be fun he'll be fun to watch because him and alec manoa were two of the pitchers young pitchers i was most excited about coming into this year so shout out um, alec manoa west virginia oh i did not know that yeah so pretty crazy i i wouldn't you know it was one of those things where you see his cards and you're like why would i invest in him Dude pitched at West Virginia, like no confidence. <laughs> oh, dude, that but, dude, he's filthy. But here we are, one of the top young pitchers in all of baseball. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next segment, which is around the corner, the prospect of the week. And Jimbo is bringing us our prospect this week. Yeah. So I picked one that I thought was fun because uh, there's a couple layers to it. I know you like this guy for a certain reason. So I'm going to bring him up. Pete Crow Armstrong. Ooh. The first thing, I, here's the reason why I knew you would like this, because he did something this offseason that Nate loves. He switched up his swing. He loves that. When and I first met Nate, he was telling me about that, and I was just laughing. Let, let, me just, let me just really quick preface this. He did switch up his swing, and I love that because it can go one of two ways. Either it can unlock somebody or it can absolutely destroy them. And until we see them in a game, we just don't know. So I love that, like, wow, there's either immense upside here because there's a ton of talent in this dude, or there's immense downside. And you kind of have to take the gamble. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> so anyways, here's why I'm bringing up Pete Crow Armstrong. So he was, you know, obviously a first rounder with the Mets uh, a couple of years ago. And when he got traded over to the Cubs last year um, for Javi Baez, you know, still a top prospect, but he, he was having shoulder issues and he, I think he was out most of the year last year because of soldier, uh, shoulder surgery. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I wasn't too excited for him before the trade, like as a Met or even like during the draft. But now the fact that he was out in an entire year, shoulder uh, sh- shoulder surgery, and he came back, and now he's he's hitting the the ball real well. I know it's a short sample uh, size, but I'm excited for him. He's hitting 378. He has uh, what is it? Four bombs, and his K rates at 18.3, which is not horrible. That's pretty um, good. Anytime yeah. you're under 20, I'm good with that. Yeah, and uh, walk rate 12.2. But anyways, it's more of the fact that coming off shoulder surgery, like that's not easy at all. Like that's an injury that is very scary. Like 
there's some injuries you don't have to worry about, but something like that, very, you know, red flag. Um, and I think it, you know, with his card prices, I don't know what his card prices are, but uh, they might be lower because people saw that, you know, that injury last year and people might have forgot about him. Um, and that's why that's why I wanted to bring him up for that. He's still 20 years old. He's in uh, in single A and someone to keep an eye out. I still haven't seen him play like the eye test yet. I need to figure out a way to, to find some film on him. But he's hey, the- uh, just to, to color in the color in the lines here for some of these other stats eight stolen bases really nice now three caught stealing not as good but eight stolen bases is nice uh 184 isolated power which is above league average that's nice he has a 470 on base and a 561 slugging which obviously that is a thousand plus ops so that's nice one thing here 452 batting average balls in play that's astronomically high um, but so is a 378 average and a 470 on base and a 561 slugging. You could drop that BABIP and drop those, and he's still a very good player. So, like Pete Crow Armstrong, so far, so good on that on that batting change. And what makes him really interesting is he's given a 60 speed, which is impressive. He's also given a 70 future field, which is basically top-of-the-line fielding as an outfielder, center fielder, if you have a fast dude with fielding that actually can hit, you're basically like Christian Pache, but you can hit. Yeah. So that's impressive. Um, that the, the feeling and the speed give him a really, really high floor of being a productive major leaguer, especially with the eye he's showing at the plate. That's a high, high floor. If he can get to that power, and hit for average, the ceiling is astronomical. Now, will he get there? I don't know. This is his second taste of A ball after injury. Last year's taste was only six games. This year's taste is only 24 games. So it's not much, but he is getting to power. Four home runs in 115 plate appearances. You know, that's a pace of um, over a full season. He's on pace for 20, probably 20 home runs. That's not bad. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Honestly, I like you brought the, the the fact about the fielding and the speed because that's stuff that usually doesn't go in slumps, and um, that will create opportunities for him. That will keep him in the lineup when he is struggling and stuff like that. So I like the that. Keeping him in the lineup is huge because yes. you have a guy – you have a guy like – and again, I bring up Brewers all the time, so all bear with me. But you have a guy like Kesson Hira, good bat, was hitting decently well from a WRC plus standpoint, but not from a strikeout standpoint. But he wasn't getting plate appearances a ton because he just doesn't have a defensive position, and Rowdy Telez is killing it. And so, you know, if you don't have a defensive position, you're not an excellent defender anywhere, or you're a poor defender everywhere, then you have to be hitting well from the get-go. If he's not hitting well from the get-go, but he's playing gold glove defense, can still get on base a little bit, even when he's struggling making contact or making contact for power, you still have that baseline of a, a decent major leaguer that will get opportunities to fail. Look at Jackie Bradley Jr. His defense is so good that the Brewers kept running him out there last year, and the Red Sox have been running him out there, despite the fact that his offense has been as bad as anybody in baseball, if not the worst of anybody in baseball. 
I like how you brought up both sides of the of that, and they both were Brewers. Yep. Classic. Yep. All right. So that that was that that was the prospect of the week I wanted to bring up. Pete Armstrong. Yeah. Remember that. Remember that name. Follow along. And who knows? I mean, the Cubs have the Cubs have interesting players all over the place. Obviously, investing in A ball guys, you're going to see a lot of dudes do well in A ball and then get up to Double A and struggle. So it's always a risk. But if you're willing to take the risk, there is with this new swing change immense upside for Pete Crow Armstrong. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's move on to baseball news, news and notes, I guess. But baseball news. I only have two things written down, but uh, they're both pretty exciting things. The number one thing, Christian Yelich. Not only is he back, he is so back. 838 OPS, which is obviously not as good as his MVP years, but he's back enough. But also, he hit for a cycle yesterday. The Brewers lost to the Reds 14-11, to which is embarrassing. But in that game, Yelich hit for a cycle and why this is newsworthy is not only is it the first cycle of 2022, but he's the first player to hit a cycle in the same stadium twice as a visiting player. Before, he was the first player to hit a cycle against the same team in the same week. And now he is the first player to hit for a cycle three times against the same team. So shout out the Cincinnati Reds. They've given up Yelich three cycles. I, of course, haven't seen any of them because I missed the first two games a couple years ago because I was working. And then this one, it was already 7 to nothing before I could even turn it on. And at that point, I wasn't going to turn it on. So I missed I missed this cycle, too. Um, but he did all that, and he is tied for the most cycles by a player since 1901. So just all sorts of records being broken by Christian Yelich and his cycle. And uh, just... Pretty exciting to see him hitting the ball hard. Eight doubles, a triple, and five home runs on the year. And there was some thoughts about, you know, will these lefties bounce back? Obviously, the the shift hasn't stopped yet. So next year, I expect even better years. But the shift hasn't stopped. And so you're like, can these lefties bounce back? Who knows? So far, Bellinger, terrible. Yelich, bounce back. Kepler, bounce back. Other lefties like that have bounced back. And um, I don't know. I love to see it. So, Jimbo, you got anything on Yelich? That 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 is all. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be a damper on it. But yeah, no, it's great. Be a damper. I just not a fan of cycles, to be honest. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not like it's that important in the grand scheme of things. It's not a four home run game. Yeah. It's not a three home run game. But. A home run, a triple, a double, and a single. Yeah. Exciting I mean, when fun. it happens. It's exciting because when it gets to cycle watch and you need that last hit, it's yeah. electric when they get it, especially it, when it's a triple or a home run that they need. I I a thousand percent agree. If you're watching it live or in person, like something like that, it is it is a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Yelich. Because he uh he looked a different person after that injury, so it's good to see him see him bounce back. Yeah, you break your kneecap, and I'm not shocked that it took a couple of years to really yeah. kind of take off the rust. Especially, yeah. especially from like a mental perspective, 
imagine fouling a ball off your knee, breaking your kneecap, and then being like, I'm going to get back in this batter's box and swing a bat again yeah. and hope that this same thing doesn't happen. I got a Charlie horse in my uh, in my hamstring once, and I've been on the IL for the last, like, 10 years. So I can imagine. <laughs> can you imagine a broken kneecap? Yeah, me neither. That's funny, though. <laughs> uh, speaking of lefties, let's move on to the one other news and note I have. And this is a not a real lefty, Anthony Rendon. I don't know if you guys saw this, but goes up to the plate. Brett Phillips is pitching against the Angels and the Rays. Just a couple of tough days for the Rays. They get no hit by Reed Detmers. And then, oh, wait, that was the same day. Same, um, yeah. same day. Same day. So, so one rough day. They got no hit by, by Reed Detmers. And then on the same day. They have to have Brett Phillips pitch. Anthony Rendon, who's a righty, goes up to the plate left-handed and wallops a home run lefty. And it's the, it was the bottom of the eighth. Going into the ninth where you're about to get no hit. Yep. That's, I love it. That's brutal. Like, you don't, you don't expect – like, obviously, there are switch hitters in baseball that hit home runs both lefty and righty. And there's been guys – I think Adrian Belche was one – that have hit home runs both lefty and righty from the same in the same inning, right? That's nice. You know, so it's been done before. I uh, I feel like there's another guy that did it a couple years ago or last year or something like that. But home runs same inning from both sides of the plate. It's been done. But Anthony Rendon is not a switch hitter. He is a righty that went up to the plate to hit lefty, and obviously he's facing a 40, 50 mile power lob ball from Brett Phillips. But the fact that he was strong enough to get it out when he's not normally a left-handed hitter. Very impressive and very fun. And the reason we bring this up is because it leads into our mailbag question. And Jimbo brought up before this, and the mailbag question will be our last segment. So remember, if you have any questions for us, please, we will be putting up stories asking for your questions. We will also be, you know, we have DMs. If you want to DM at Dinging Corners, if you want to DM at Slab Stocks Nate, if you want to DM at Jim Bro Cards, you can ask your questions and we will try to pick out the best to put into the mailbag. But so this is our final section of the day. And Jimbo asked before the thing, he's like, you know, I kind of like this lefty home run because people always get so upset when guys hit against position players because it's like this is their living. They have to put up good stats to make money. So they're not just they shouldn't just have to lay down in that bat because you decide to throw a position player up there. If you don't if you don't want them to swing, throw an actual pitcher up there and use up an inning of an actual arm instead of throwing up Brett Phillips, which is this is like his fourth time pitching this year or third time pitching, which is insane considering the Rays are a good team, but they really have a way of getting blown out. And uh and so that was that was Jimbo's question and you know We'll, we'll actually, Jimbo, let's hear your thoughts and then we'll. Yeah. Well, I'm just, you know, I put it in, I was in the business where I, like, I know, I know the grind, like these guys to them, it's a job. Like for us, like from the outside, yeah, we love baseball. We love watching. It's a sport, you know, it is what it is, but when you're in it and you're in, it's a paycheck for, for you and your family and, and you have a short window as it is of how long you can play. And, and, you know, there's always someone trying to take your job. The fact that, you know, other teams get mad because, oh, you know, they didn't have a good game. They're getting blown out. You know, what's throwing a position player to eat innings 
you can't tell me I'm going to go up there and lay down a bunt that's going to hurt my, you know, my batting average just because, you know, you, you guys didn't have a good game. Like that to me is just ridiculous. So, and it's more fun. Like the, the reason why that night I was watching it live while I was live breaking and I was having that, like, honestly, it was so much fun. Mike Trout goes up, goes up to bat, absolutely hammers a ball. Like it was a home run derby. And in my mind, like he was like kind of half smiling when he was running the bases. He was trying to hold it in. And I'm like, if people get mad that Mike Trout just did that, I will lose my mind. Like I will go up, like I would fight for him all day long because one, it was exciting to watch. It's sports are supposed to be fun. And it's not like the Brett Phillips cares about his ERA. So what, no. what harm does it do there? And like just that aspect. And, and also in my mind was like, man, if Mike Trout ever did the a home run derby, it would have looked just like that. And it was pretty cool. And then right after that, Otani comes up, hits an absolute missile off the wall. Like the crowd was going nuts. It honestly seemed like it was uh, it, like, I thought it was a home run, but he hit it on a line. So it hit, hit off the wall. And then Anthony Rendon comes up and he looks like he is like in a 40, 40 and up softball beer league with the high leg kick. And you're like, what is going on? And then the announcers are like, he's batting from the left. He never does that. Like, and that brought a different aspect and hits a missile out in the, honestly, the stadium in the excitement that I had watching that game was like, man, this needs, this needs to be a good thing rather than a bad thing from here on out. Cause it's only good for baseball. It's fun. Um, you already lost the game, but the thing in my mind too, thinking, sorry, I'm going to go even another layer to this. Reed Detmers is sitting there waiting for the, you know, to pitch another inning to go to have a no, no. And you have all this excitement going on. The dugouts going wild. I'm thinking in my mind, like it actually is like, I kind of felt bad for Detmers. Cause I was like, if he blows this, you could, you, you know, people might blame it on all the excitement going on in the dugout. Cause you know, pitchers are super weird when they're pitching, starting pitchers. They get in like this mood and it's like, I can't even explain it. It's like, it's like a lion going after, I don't know, a zebra or whatever they eat. And uh, I don't know. It, it was just, it was a very exciting game. And I'll remember that game for a long time. And um, sorry, that's my long-winded answer. <laughs> I like it. I, I do wonder if the added atmosphere might have pumped him up though like the excitement might have pumped him up to finish everyone's excited in the stadium rondon just hit a left-handed home run trout just hit a home run let's cap this off let's get this no hitter and really let this place pop off yeah it could have i would love to hear his thought thoughts on it to be honest maybe one day we'll get him on the ding corners podcast as for me i'm in complete agreement i'm okay with hitters if if my team is going to put in a position player and not use up innings on an actual arm, then you shouldn't get a free pass for guys to not try to hit home runs. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how it works. These are these are professional baseball players. Everyone's a professional baseball player. They should be trying to score and trying to get stats every single time. And that's why I have such a big problem with the bunt that Mauricio Dubon had, where he laid down that bunt um, earlier in the year, and the whole world freaked out. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So Mauricio Dubon is a fringe player for the Giants. He needs every single statistic he gets throughout the year to make sure that he has a job next year because he's the type of guy, utility type player, 
that will get replaced the moment it is uh, realistic for the team to do, especially if he's getting more expensive. So he needs to put up good stats to make sure that as he goes through arbitration, that the higher the price, it's still justifiable. You can't ask a guy like that whose job and whose future earnings are on the line. And obviously they're getting paid a lot of money, but this is money that can set up families for years and years and years, send kids to school, send grandchildren to school, send great grandchildren to school. If they're smart with it, get family houses. You know, this is the type of stuff that sets up families for generations. You can't ask a guy like that to go up there and swing away when he can easily get a single to the left side of the infield because you are uh, getting no hit or in a no hitter or getting destroyed by a ton of runs. Like, that's just not fair. These guys need those stats. And yeah, it's just a single. It's just a bunt single. But you get enough of those, those add up at the end of the year. Yeah. And as fans, we, we should, we should want the players to play, you know, the full game. Yeah. As hard as they want, like we, that's and, what it's all about. If your team is getting blown out that you have a position player, you should want the other pitching. You should want the other team to score because you should want your guys to be embarrassed enough to go out there and try harder the next day. Obviously things happen and like guys get scored upon, but if you're just like, Oh, on to the next one, give up. And there's no shame. There's no shame losing 14 to nothing. That's a problem. There yeah. should be shame. There should be shame. in you having to throw a position player out there, and they should try to score on you to really to really bring that point home. Shame. Shame. Hashtag shame. 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 Not Shane. Not Shane Bieber. Not Justin Bieber. Or Shane McClanahan. <laughs> but shame for those of you Game of Thrones fans out there. Not my wife, though. Never seen it. Um. All right. Well, that's our mailbag. We're uh, about four minutes past... 30 minute mark here so we will well, that is pretty good for us that is pretty good for us, us a little pat on the back let's go good job biceps are too big can't touch my own back <laughs> Eric yeah. um but i hope you guys enjoyed the uh segments we will we will try to get it more and more refined and in approach, but we just figured we'd try this this week, see how it goes. It does seem like it kept us on task pretty well. So I think we will go forward with this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know Jimbo enjoyed it. And uh, Jimbo, any last words? Yes. Please, please, please submit some questions to us. I, since I've started here, I want to hear what people are thinking, what people want to want to know, because we're just, right now, we're just talking about things that we think you guys might want to know. So this is your chance to let us know certain questions and we want to answer those yeah and look if you have i mean if you have like insanely complex questions that's going to take me hours and hours and hours of research i can't promise that we'll get to it in uh, you know a week maybe it's a couple months down the line we're able to answer that question but if you've got questions what, kind of on question prospects, what what kind of question like what did uh what did reed detmers have for lunch first grade on may well, that it takes us months and months. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying people can get very specific, long winded questions that would be hard to answer quickly. Um, and, and I'm okay with long winded questions just to know that it would take a little bit of time to research and might not be able to be in 
like the next Friday's mailbag or whatever. But please do ask questions. We would love to be able to answer any questions you guys might have, any thoughts, theories, or even if you just want to get our opinions on things that you already have an opinion on, by all means, please share, and we'd love to answer those for you guys. All right. Well, with that, I like it. Jimbo just flashing the Bowman boxes. With that, we will call it a day here on this Dane Corners. Appreciate you guys all listening today on this Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whenever you're listening. And we hope you all have a wonderful weekend and a good start to the next week. Absolutely. See y'all.